Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. And we want to launch your own efforts to explain the Catholic faith and to invite others to live it. Before we get into today's topic, we want to remind you, or tell you if you've never listened before... Caught yourself. ...that we love listener feedback. I did. Um, If you've got questions about today's episode, and you won't, we are going to be so clear, so clear that the only questions you will have actually will be questions of ponderance. Mm, the deep exactly. the, the deep longings of the spirit. Contemplative questions. Uh, <laughs> if you've got questions about today's episode, if you've got ideas for future episodes by the time we're done, we uh, might need them. please contact us. Two easy ways to do so. Yeah, you can email us using the email address of ignition at sfcatholic.org. That's I-G-N-I-T-I-O-N at S-F-C-A-T-H-O-L-I-C dot O-R-G. You can also tweet at us using the Twitter handle at S-F-Diocese, S-F-D-I-O-C-E-S-E with the hashtag ignition. Yes, you can. Father Dickinson, how are you and who are you? Well, I'm doing better than my sins deserve. Well, good answer. Yep, and uh, I'm the pastor of St. Paul's Parish in White, South Dakota, and the director of the Pius XII Newman Center. That was a shorter answer than I'm used to. I was thinking you're going to say that as I said it. Uh, I'm sure you were. And I'm Chris Bergwald, the director of Adult Discipleship and Evangelization with the Diocese of Sioux Falls. Uh, I am uh, married layman. Jermaine and I have been married for almost 18 years. And we have five children, the oldest of whom, as of yesterday recording this, is a teenager. So I'm getting old myself. That's what that means. Old man. Old man. My wife, Jermaine, says old man, Bergie. So thanks. Thanks, wife. That's what I call her, wife. Nothing? Nothing. Nothing. All right. Nothing at all. So we're already thinking about the topic. You're already contemplating. I like that. On what kind? Ruminating? Ruminating, yes. Well, before you contemplate, you have to ruminate. Eh, not, anyway, that takes us way too far afield. So, yeah, which we've never done before. <laughs> Ever. Ever in the history of Ignition. This is episode 315, Father. We are coming. 315 examples of broadcast <laughs> discipline. <laughs> Definitely not excellence, which is where I thought you were originally going to be going. Let me just, uh, real quick, Father... Um, uh, check the archives out of curiosity. I'm Have we done this sure. topic before? Oh, but I don't know about that. Oh, um, episode. Let's see. We, scrolling, 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 scrolling. This is fascinating know, podcasting and radio. Compelling, compelling radio. He's right scrolling here. through lines and lines of entries. Uh, where Pages. were we? It was twenty. Uh, here we go. The first episode that you and I recorded, you, you did things for uh, for me on Ignition previously, but the first episode number uh, that we recorded, like formally as part of this, of course, was on the movie Inception, mm-hmm. um, August of 2010, number 17. So we've yeah. done nearly 300 episodes. And I've, okay, to be fair, I've had guest co-hosts since then, but since you've joined the show as a regular. There have been uh, 300, occurrences. 300 occurrences of ignition. So, 
Um, and yeah, never in those 300 episodes have we gone completely afield and wasted our never. listeners' time. Never. And <laughs> and by the way, listeners, just never listen to episodes one through 16. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice, nice. Do-do, do-do. That was the bus, folks. All right. So, you um, need to drive back over. <laughs> so, did uh, I hit something there? There, I me, think you did. Me. This, uh, we, we've wrapped up a couple weeks ago. We wrapped up the Easter season with the uh, the great solemnity of Pentecost, the third greatest feast of the church year after after Easter and Christmas. Uh, we have Pentecost, and we have re-entered orbit. I mean, ordinary time. <laughs> Um, and, uh, but, but, but sort of the, the high feasts continue for a bit after Pentecost. So this last Sunday, um, as you're listening to this and as we're recording it for that matter, um, one week after Pentecost every year, we, uh, we, we celebrate the truth that God is triune. Um, so the, the Sunday after Pentecost is always Trinity Sunday when we recall that uh, our God is one God in three persons, or three persons in one God. So, and so what, what were you hemming and hawing about there? I don't know. Okay, because you're kind of like... Yeah, I was. I almost I almost said, conclude the Easter season with Trinity Sunday. So I, I just caught myself. That's all that was. Oh, okay. okay. That's all. Um, by the way, speaking of my oldest uh, child, mm-hmm. who is now a teenager... Um, Who's now an embarrassed teenager? And it, totally. Um, she was born on Trinity Sunday. Really? So when we celebrate last Sunday, I said, "This is Elena. This is your liturgical birthday." <laughs> the date changes, of course, right, from year to year. But she was born on Trinity Sunday. So that's pretty special that you remember that. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of Catholic nerdy that you. Remember it that. is totally Catholic nerdy that I remember. So, Father, um, I hear uh, in the the many years now that I've been working for the diocese. Many of our priests, well, some joke, some say in seriousness that Trinity Sunday is the homily that, not that they dread, but is difficult because for them the challenge is how do I, how do I explain the Trinity in 7, 10, 15 minutes? Um, do you struggle with that problem? <clears throat> not really. I mean, I might just be ignorant, though, ignorant. Um but I think in some ways you should be talking about the Trinity all the time. Sure. I mean, it's one of the foundational mysteries of our faith, the tri- the Holy Trinity, the incarnation of our Lord. Um, and it's certainly understandable that it is difficult to explain in 7 to 10 or 15 minutes. But uh, at the same time, don't limit yourself to one Sunday. Right. Right. And that's, I think, um, and this this is going to relate to next week's episode Ooh. as well. Um, where we're, we're, we're given a couple of, of Sundays here where we're focusing our attention on particular doctrines, but the church is not saying, this is the only time you should ever talk about right. said doctrine, right. whether you're a priest um, giving a homily or whether you're a layperson reflecting on the liturgical year. As an American, do you only talk about the Declaration of Independence on July 4th? Why would we do that on July 4th? Isn't that the day we I'm signed confused. the Declaration of Independence? Oh, Oh, is that what we're celebrating? I thought we just did parades. And- oh, fireworks, <laughs> barbecues, like like uh, beers. March 17th, we have parties for some reason. What is that? Why do we do that again? That was a very good snap on the microphone. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we don't limit our, our uh, thinking about praying about contemplation, rumination of the Trinity to Trinity Sunday. But obviously, um, our attention is drawn to it a particular way. 
Right. And uh, in fact, I think uh, it used to be that in the uh, old Missal, like one of the most common masses to be said was the Mass of the Holy Trinity. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. I don't have like confirmation. This is just like some foggy line in a memory somewhere. You know, I might have like slipped some memory there, but I think pretty sure that used to be the case. That that reminded me actually of Inception right there. There's a line in the movie. Uh, never mind. I can't remember the line right now. And, oh. You know, Inception that we did yeah, the yeah, first yeah, episode, yeah. episode 17. Yeah. Back to the Trinity. Yes. Have we ever talked about the Matrix as an episode of Ignition? No. And why would we? Oh, come on. Because the, they ruined the, the Matrix with the one, sequels. This is that, forget about the sequels. Okay, anyway. Um, we never go far afield. <laughs> Trinity Sunday. The Trinity. Um, yeah, Let's it, talk about the highest and deepest doctrine of the Christian faith. Because that's what it is. And you already sort of indicated this. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And why is that? Because this is where we reflect on, uh, we celebrate the nature of God himself, who God is. One nature, three persons. Terms that we'll explain as we go here. Yep. But this is... Uh, when we're when we're reflecting on thinking about contemplating the Trinity, yeah. this is theology in its purest, most literal form. There's no. It's not about applications necessarily. It's not about uh, things for us. It's just about God in God's self. Exactly, because the word theology means the study or science of God. Theo, theos, logos, study of God. Yeah. So this is literally a theology in its purest form. Um, and this is this is something which, and we're just going to touch on some basics here. Obviously, even in a twenty-seven minute episode, twenty-seven minute episode of Ignition, we can only say much. So we're obviously going to be skimming over some things. But the truth of the Trinity is something that God has revealed to us Himself uh, in His Son and in His Spirit. In other words, we couldn't have arrived at knowledge of the Trinity that God is triune by our reason alone. He had to reveal this. Our intellects are powerful but they're not so powerful that they can arrive at knowledge right. of God's inmost nature. And God has put signs of himself in nature, right? but these signs <laughs> in nature are not sufficient in just a natural theology uh, to be able to discern that God is a communion of three persons in one God. Right. So one little thing that I think of that way, uh, Genesis chapter one, the, the first creation narrative in right. scripture, um, the, the word we is used well, and some people might, well, right there, we it, it was obvious. No, it wasn't obvious. That's the that's a, a, a Hebraism. Mm -hmm. uh, it's 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 something about the language. No, yes, in hindsight, oh, that's kind of cool that it worked out that way. But we can't say, well, they should have known because it's right there in the first page of the Bible. Right. So there's no way you can be like, well, come on, why didn't you pick it up sooner? Right. But it is it is cool how those little seeds are planted in that way, so that. With the fullness of revelation and the fullness of time where our Lord Jesus Christ came and he preaches the Holy Spirit, that then we can look back at some of those things and go, oh, right. or we can look at some things in nature and go, oh, right. but we see them through the light of the Holy Trinity and the revealed pure doctrine of the Trinity itself. Exactly. Yeah. So this is something, again, that we couldn't have arrived at by our, our reason alone that God had revealed to us. But just a point here. Yep. Important point. Belief in the Trinity, even though we couldn't have arrived at it through our reason alone, is not contrary to our reason. So there's no truth of the faith, even this, the most high or the deepest truth of the faith, there's no truth of the faith that requires us to check our brain at the church door, to to unengage our intellect, to say, well, now I have to uh, be uh, irrational to accept this truth. Right. It might befuddle our reason, or it might push us to the limits of our reason, but it's not contrary to reason. Right. 
Right, right. So like so many things um, that, that we believe this, but this one in particular. So this is where, and you and I have talked about this in episodes uh, in the past. This is where we talk about how the Trinity, like other doctrines, many other doctrines, are, uh, a, it, it is a mystery of our faith. Right. What does that a mean, A mystery though? of faith. Right. So we say that in the Mass about the, the Eucharist as one example. Right. So uh, mystery is just, it's a technical word to talk about things that we know some about, but we don't know everything about. Okay. So we know some about the fact that God is a trinity of persons, but we don't know everything of what that means. We know some of the fact that Jesus Christ is a union of divinity and humanity, uh, fullness, but yet without mixture between the two, but we don't know everything of what that means. And, 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 and there's uh, other mysteries too. So we can grow in our understanding, but we will never completely comprehend any of the mysteries of faith. And it's not guaranteed that just as we go forward in time that we necessarily know more than we did before. Right, right, right. So I think the important thing to for um, mystery this way is it's something, again, that supersedes our reason where we'll never fully comprehend it, but it's not uh, contrary to our reason, so we can comprehend it to some degree, and right. in fact, to a growing degree. There's an analogy that I like for this uh, comes from Frank Sheed, I believe, who talks about uh, having a fire, a bonfire or a campfire in the dark. And from the light of that fire, you can see the land and space immediately around the fire. But as you move away from the fire, you see less and less until you can't see the ground or the shapes around you. You can still see where the fire is to get back to it, right? but you can't necessarily see the ground you're on. So he likens... Uh, mysteries of faith, the mystery of the Holy Trinity in this way, uh, m- the mystery of you know human free will interacting with the divine will, uh, so that, um, and other mysteries, that, okay, we have this deposit of truth, which is the light of the fire itself. God is three persons in one God, in the case of the mystery of the Trinity. And from that, we can know certain things, but there's a limit to what we can know. And we can right. seek to stretch those limits right. uh, in the light of grace. Uh, but whenever we lose contact, that we go out in the darkness and we have to come back in that way to mm. the light. Awesome. Come back to the light. Have you read much of Sheed? Uh, I've read his Theology in Sandy, which we've talked about as being like one of my favorite books. Yeah. In the past. Yeah. yeah. Um, before we go on, we should, just in case somebody's just tuning in, explain who we are and what the heck we're doing here. I wish someone would tell me who we are. No kidding. Uh, you're listening to Ignition, a broadcast of the new evangelization. I'm Chris Bergwald. Across the table from me is Father Andrew Dickinson. Hello. And we are talking today about the Trinity. We just celebrated this last Sunday in the Catholic Church's uh, calendar, liturgical calendar. We celebrated Trinity Sunday. Um, and so we're talking a little bit about what the Trinity means. And, and we'll get to hear about um, what it matters for our life. Uh, it is theology, though, in the highest sense of, of looking at the nature of who God is. Father, if anybody has any questions about um, what we're discussing, how do they get a hold of us? Yeah, you should email your questions to Dr. Chris Bergwald <laughs> uh, using the email address ignition, I-G-N-I-T-I-O-N at sfcatholic.org. And you could also tweet at us, more importantly though, at Dr. Bergwald. The Twitter handle is at sfdiocese. Use the hashtag ignition. Amen. So we've just been talking about how the Trinity is not contrary to our faith, but it does surpass, or not contrary to our reason, but it does surpass our reason, meaning that we will never fully comprehend it because God's infinite and our brains are not. True that. And neither is our intellect. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about what that means. Um, really, when it comes to the Trinity, we mo- know more in terms of with our reason, our intellect, we know more about what 
Trinity doesn't mean than what it does mean. Right. And it's good for us to mention and to call out here what it doesn't mean. Yeah, exactly. So I think because oftentimes, uh, again, this I think of Frank Sheed here, when we try to imagine, use our imagination right. uh, to reflect on the Trinity, we can get led astray. Understandably so, but still it's being led astray. So for instance, my temptation personally, when I'm trying to, when I'm praying to God, when I'm trying to think about the Trinity, I probably tend a little bit towards the heresy of tritheism. I'd make God, like each person, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, almost into three separate gods mm-hmm. rather than three persons of the one God. Um, so that, that's a way, when we say that God is triune or Trinity, we're not saying there are three different gods. That's the right. first thing that Trinity is not. Right. And then another thing we'd say is, and it says, really, well, there's only two ways you can really go with this yep. to say that there's, because we say there's three persons in one God. So you can just say, well, there's not one God, there's more than one God, or you can say there's not really three persons. Right. And that'd be like, maybe there's three personalities. Right. You know, which is the heresy is modalism, yes. I believe. Yes. So yep. saying that God is like water that is uh, steam, uh, water, and ice. Yep. Or like a sun that is... Uh, both has light and heat, and there's something I else. I remember that, that one. Yeah. But, yeah, that's, or like a shamrock. Yes, that's like a shamrock. No. Right. So, uh, I don't know if St. Patrick did truly use the shamrock as a way to teach, but if he did, uh, that would be an imperfect analogy. Very much so. Yep. Uh, and, and I know um, in the early church, as this being worked out, another variation of that same false idea was the idea that um, God— puts on different masks, the mask of the Father, of the Son, and the Spirit, uh, a variation of the same error. Yeah. What there is, the way that this has been articulated by the church, there are three who's and one what. One divine nature, three divine persons. Yeah, and if that sounds a little too much like Dr. Seuss, <clears throat> three persons and one what, um, think about if you hear something in the bushes or in the trees, you'd say, what is that? And then you look and you see, and then you figure out, oh, it's the shape of a person, then you would say, who is that? Yep. So three persons, one substance, three who's, one what. Exactly. Uh, and this, to, uh, to be clear, this is, again, something we said this early on. We know this is true because God has revealed it to us. We trust him as God, and he's the one who has revealed to us this truth. So Jesus came um, and, and spoke, spoke at the Father. He and the Father are one but they're distinct from one another, uh, and then the Spirit as well. But we also see this really clearly um, in one of the the letters of Scripture that we're going to be actually talking about in a few weeks in more detail, which is the first letter of St. John, uh, where God, where John, St. John, the, the apostle, the evangelist, uh, famously said that God is love. Father, I think sometimes we can um, sentimentalize that yeah. statement. God is love. Like that? Yes, like yep. that. <laughs> um, so God is not sentimentalism. God is not emotionalism. Right. Uh, God is love, which is choosing the good of another. Love is caring for your baby at three o'clock in the morning when you have an important meeting to get up to and worry about. Exactly. Yep. 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 So the, the key distinction here, too, though, that John doesn't write, didn't write, that God loves. He right. wrote that God is, is love. love, which correlates or ties directly to what we're talking about today. The nature of God is in most being is love. And as you just said, love is to care for another person. 
ultimately love is something directed concerning persons. We say, you know, I love my pet, my cat, my dog, whatever right. it is, but that's a different sort of affection. Quite. Uh, it ought to be at least. Right. Your, your wife hopes it's a different affection. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, to love is something that we direct towards another person to desire what is best for them. So when we say that God, uh, when John writes that God is love, we're saying that he is a communion of persons. God is a perfect communion of love, needing nothing more and complete completely unto himself. Right. So what does that look like? I don't know what that would look like. Can you try to help us? Uh, no, I don't get what you're guessing. So, uh yeah, I mean, it's God's a community of love. I'm really missing what you're. I know it's where my cursor is blinking right now on the. Uh... Well, your cursor doesn't blink on mine. <laughs> this is not love. Not love at all. The Father pours Himself out completely to the Son. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gives Himself completely. The Son reciprocates. He returns. So the Father gives Himself completely to the Son. The Son receives that from the Father and returns Himself completely back to the Father. Uh, and in that, the spirit is generated. A communion of persons, the, one loving the other, the other reciprocating, and from that, a third person is generated. That's where I was going. And there's going to be a quiz on that at the end of the show. No way. So, having said that. Uh, I, I, so I was thrown off both by your idea of like, how does that, what does that look like? Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. My bad. It's, it's always my fault. It is. Uh, <laughs> okay, Father. So what? We've been waxing uneloquently well, here's for over move, 20 minutes. Here's where we move from pure theology yes. to applied theology. Yes, sir. So what does the doctrine of the Trinity matter? How does it apply to our life? That's a great question. So we can make applications from this, but it's good to remember, first of all, that the pure theology, the theology of the Trinity matters in and of itself. Yep. It doesn't matter just because of what we get from it. Amen. Uh, it matters in and of itself, and to proclaim the Holy Trinity is an important thing. Uh, you know, there's some people in this world that think that God is only one right? and not a communion of persons. Right. And so we need to proclaim this truth and praying prayers like the Gloria is a good little practical application of that, I suppose you could say. Amen. But, uh, all right. So if this is who God, who and what God is, uh, we need to know who he is and what he is in order to fulfill his commandment to love him. Right. Right. The obedience of loving and worshiping him. And so uh, that love and worship him is helped, is aided by this knowledge of him. So and we so, can't love what we don't know. Right. If I want to love God, I need to know th the truth about him. Right. Now, I may not know the fullness of that truth, or I may not be able to grasp the fullness of the truth, but I need to know some truth about him. So in the same way that if you have a friend, and that friend is always... Uh, giving false impressions of themselves to you, you're not truly loving that friend because they're not truly sharing who they right. are with you. Right. I can, I can only love that friend to the extent that I know the truth about them. So if they've, if they're deceiving me, then as you just said, I'm not really loving them. Right. Even if you don't know the fullness of the truth about them, you can only really love what you know about them. That is the truth. Right. Confusing. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> so uh, then there's some other practical things we can say about this. Um, you know, uh, what would we say then about the meaning of your humanity? Well, I'm creating the image and likeness of God. Yep. So if he, in his nature, is triune, 
He's created for relation. Well, he, he's not created for. He exists in relationship from all eternity. That must mean that I am created for relationship myself. Correct. You are created for relationship. And for what sort of relationship? Ooh. For business transactions? Ah, no. Um, complete gift of self? For complete gift of self, right. Or as complete of a gift of self as you can make right. as a sinful human being. Right. So you're created for, uh, you're created from a communion of love for a communion of love. Okay. Are you created from the community of love, the Holy Trinity, for the sake of a communion of love in uh, with God, with friends, uh, with uh, family, with romance, all these ways? Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Because, because uh, you know, you, you, you were catching yourself earlier where you almost said God was created. Yeah. You know, so no, God exists yes. as this communion of love. We're created for the communion of love. And so since God comes from this communion of love, then... He's not creating out of a need. Mm. God has perfection, happiness himself. Uh, and so we don't need to, there's no pressure on us per se. Okay. You know, in that sense, um, you're not going to disappoint God. Right. So to speak, you know, he created so that you might be blessed by sharing existence with him. Not that he would be blessed by you sharing existence with him. He doesn't need me. No. Not at all. Which might sound like a little, what What do you mean God doesn't? No, he doesn't need, which actually, I, while it might sound initially, might strike some of us as, oh, I don't like that. Right. But it, it's freeing. Very free. Because that means there are, in a, in a sense, no expectations. Exactly. Now, he's created me as his, in our case, as his beloved sons. So he desires that we would love him. Correct. Uh, but he doesn't need anything from us in a strict sense. Right. And he, he just desires your friendship for its own sake, uh, for the sake of you delighting in him and him delighting in you. And, and, and this is good news. Yep. And this is the good news of the Christian faith. This yep. is that good news at its best. When we live in a world where we're always wondering, what, what do they get out of it? Yep. And the question, what do they get out of it, is something that always uh, puts a freeze on my relationship with someone else. Yep. Yeah. And whenever they ask that about me, what's Father getting out of it? Or whenever I let that kind of pollute my friendship, my relationship with someone. Oh, I'm friends with them, but, you know, I get this out of it. Uh, and then that starts to pollute that, and that's not good news. I think I, um, I was at a, uh, had a, in a, conversation with a group of people a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago. Um, and, and they talked, many of them talked about how, I don't know if this is a Catholic problem in particular or mm. broader than this, but this idea mm. where you need to earn God's love. Uh, it's not just a Catholic problem. Yeah. Um, I, so, so we have this idea we have to earn it, but he created us freely out of, in, in a sense, the excess of his love. Right. The wow. superabundance. Exactly. The superabundance. Yeah, he's not like some petty pagan god like Zeus who gets jealous. Right. You know, like some sort of teenager, brooding teenager in that way. Yeah. Right. And so uh, he is love and he invites us to share in his life, uh, his way of being, which is that, that communion of love, that outpouring of love. So I think, you know, oftentimes the Trinity seems like an abstract, academic, intellectual, like highfalutin theology. Right. But really, like it a brain is teaser. very relevant to our lives. Amen. And that will wrap up, wrap up this episode of Ignition. Again, email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org, or tweet at us, sfdiocese, use the hashtag Ignition, with questions about today's episode or ideas for future episodes. Until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. You can find archives of this and past episodes online at sfcatholic.org. Click on Media and then Audio Files. You can also subscribe to the Ignition Podcast in the iTunes Store. 
Remember to tune in every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. on Lamb Catholic Radio at 91.3 FM in Hartford and 104.3 LPFM Juan Diego Catholic Radio in Sioux Falls and on 88.9 FM in Ipswich and Aberdeen or online at lambradio.com.